Homage to the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha. Today's guided meditation is focused on deconstructing anger at home. And during this current time period, quite often what we're finding is that there's more intolerance, impatience, irritation, anger, resentment building up with people that we live with. And each of us has different living situations. Some people live with their parents. Some people are a family with children. Some people live alone. Some people live with live-in workers. Some people share a home. So you have housemates, flatmates. And so whatever the situation is, It's really good during this time to actually look at anger at home and to actually use this opportunity in the meditation to deconstruct any anger, any resentment and really look at it because quite often our habitual tendency is to look at anger with anger and the Buddha's teaching is very much emphasizing looking at anger through the development of non-anger and it seems very very hard to do but what we've recently been looking at is how to deconstruct anger by looking at the reasoning the grounds that we use and looking at the mental stains and yes the Buddha has different antidotes different medicine including metta But sometimes it's difficult to apply even loving-kindness, metta, when the mind is so imbued with these grounds for anger, the reasoning, it feels so strong, it feels so justified. And so knowing how to deconstruct anger in this way can be very helpful before even doing metta. So pick an example and at home sometimes quite often it's direct anger so you're angry with somebody so it's someone you live with someone who works for you might that who might be living with you this time is one of great stress anxiety frustration and so we can often allow it to bubble over onto people that we live with And it can be very unpleasant because particularly during this time we're spending 24-7 with people for the most part. If you have a large living quarters then it's possible to isolate yourself. But when you're in close quarters it's, it's really challenging. Another situation may be that you're not directly angry or part of the dispute or altercation or resentment but it's building up in you because it appears that someone in the household is harming someone you love and you've picked a side so for example if you're the young person in the house and you see your parents fighting and you hear snippets of what they're fighting about and you feel one is right and one is wrong then how anger arises is 
you think this person is harming the person that I prefer so if you're if you're taking the side of your mother and then you see your dad shouting and you hear all the reasons and then you hear your mother's side and then you pick a side and then if you see your father continue to shout at your mother or do certain things then you feel angry at your father because they're hurting or harming your mother and so that's the type of anger you want to look at in this meditation or it could be one of your parents is appearing to pick on one of your brothers or sisters during this time period and so you are getting angry and upset with that particular parent because they're harming your brother or sister who you deeply care about or it could be or it could be that you're a parent and you're unhappy with one with um with your partner because they appear to be more severe, more angry with one of your children during this time period. They appear to be taking it out on the child. And so when you look at your child, you think, my partner is harming my child. So whatever the example is, bring it to mind. Bring it to the forefront of your mind, whether it's direct anger with a particular person at home, or whether it's actually this indirect anger that arises due to seeing something happening between other people you're living with. And really crank up those thoughts around it. Like so you can really hear, if you were telling somebody else about it, what that sounds like. Really hear the stories that we construct to justify the anger. So it might begin with this person is currently doing these things now and it's very harmful and hurtful to myself or to somebody that I care about. And then in order to justify it you know all the things that you bring up from the past in the past they did this in the past this is what happened and so they're always mean always angry always lazy always abusive
one of the common things at the moment is getting angry at home because the person that you live with isn't doing what needs to be done. And it can be really simple things that you feel you're doing all the work in the house during this time period, given that maybe we're all working from home and all having to study at home and do everything at home. And so when it comes to the people you live with, sometimes these things fester. I'm always taking out the rubbish and I'm always having to do all these things and this person is always not helping and lazy, not doing their fair share. Or it could be that you notice another person's intolerance for another person you live with and this person's always angry and this person's always picking fights. This person's very mean. They were mean before and they're even more mean now. And to really listen to yourself. Talk about these people that we live with. Look at how the anger is constructed and the grounds, the sense of permanency that we assign. What seems to resonate in the mind when you listen to it, this person has harmed me before. We're kind of joining the dots to whatever anger that we're creating now, that we join the dots of this person has harmed me before and that's why they're harming me now. It's getting worse. It's never ended. And the same with like, this person is harming my loved one. They picked on them before. They've done wrong things to them before. And so they're doing it now. And it's lasting. And that's the thing that you really want to look at. This permanency that we assign, it's the crux of where things start to fall down when you really investigate in order to deconstruct anger, resentment, hurt. Because the question you ask when you want to deconstruct it is whether it's really true, this permanency, this assignment of permanency that in the past, and now in the present and potentially in the future, they will harm me, they will harm someone that I care about. The other one that does come up is they're helping someone that I don't like and they've done that in the past and they'll do that in the future. That one's a little bit 
more complicated when it comes to people that you're living with. In some cases, it may be that someone who lives with you, you know, does work for other people in your neighborhood. So this is a living worker. And you feel like, you know, they're helping, you know, neighbor that you don't like. Sometimes that arises. Or they're telling tales on you to your neighbors and it's a neighbor you don't like. And so that kind of formula in terms of they've done it in the past, they're doing it now, they'll do it in the future, you hold a grudge against them, they can arise. But one of the things that we're trying to circumvent is the getting angry for no reason with people that we live with. Because with all these building resentment and anger, at some point it bubbles over, you know, from you know, really harsh words and divisive speech all the way to aggression and hostility and you can't even manage to look at the person that you're angry with or you can't even take a, a look or a, a simple word from the person that you're living with because you will get angry for no reason. And that's one of the difficulties at the moment. So it's really good to ask the question, to address anger and deconstruct it, is to ask whether it's really true, this sense of permanency. Because what breaks the permanency is really seeing goodness in that very person. So has this person been generous? Has this person been kind at times? Has this person helped you, supported you, backed you up at times? Even during the lockdown or restrictions, one can ask, has this person consistently been bad? To justify one's anger. when you really look at it, the answer is always that there is something that they've done. They've made you a cup of tea. They've come and sit with you to watch the telly. Just being quiet. No, there's no anger at the time. There's no hostility. There's just being together. Or if it's someone that you think is picking on someone you care about, you can notice they're not angry all the time. Sometimes there's kindness. Sometimes there's generosity. Sometimes there's even calmness. Not the, not the aggression or anger towards the person that we care about. And where you're upset with someone because they seem to be lazy. And you think they're always lazy. They're always idle. They're always not helping. There's usually an example that comes up where they're not like that. They helped. They may not have been a big help, but they did help. And so 
It's important to notice how we can exaggerate when we're angry. Say little lies about people all the way to big lies. So there's an unfairness we have to be careful about. That we're not being unfair, unkind, cruel by labelling people in this way. One of the things to notice is that when you do so, it makes it very rigid in the mind. And so even when a person helps you or does something nice that goes against where your anger is placed, you can't see it because you're so fixated on them being bad. And that's why you want to see through some of these lies, some of these exaggerations. And fundamentally, the people that we live with, we don't want to make them into enemies. If it's your partner, that's the person you picked. That's the person you built a life with. If it's your children, these are the people that you're bringing up. It's your responsibility to instill good things. If it's your parents, then you remember all the things that they did for you when you were a child. The basic things. They gave birth to you, gave you life. They fed you, nourished you when you couldn't nourish yourself. They took you to all the places that you needed to go. Both of them, not just one both in different ways and so fundamentally there's a lot to be grateful for and people that we live with you come together with the same intention to live harmoniously together and during this time for all of us there's lots of different things whirling about fear of losing your job fear of running out of money fear of getting sick fear of losing you know where you're staying being separated from all your friends and family in some cases losing our freedom all kinds of worries maybe even losing loved ones during this time it's a very precarious time and because there's so much negativity so much fear so much unwholesome, pervading the world, it's very easy to pick it up if we don't protect our minds. So bringing this understanding, bringing these different strands together enables us to deconstruct anger, at least lessen it, if not abandon it. It also helps us to build some spiritual maturity. And what is spiritual maturity? Well, it's definitely lifting ourselves up from pettiness. When you walk the Buddha's Noble Eightfold Path, when you're developing an understanding for the Buddha's teachings, when you're training, 
to progress on the spiritual path. One has to give up pettiness. One has to feel some sense of shame about being petty, being okay with defilements. And one also has to have some sort of fear around, you know, having the wrong kinds of speech, the wrong kinds of physical actions, the wrong kinds of mental actions. So spiritual maturity is knowing that through body, speech and mind, you want to improve. You want to abandon the unwholesome, cultivate the wholesome. Not look for faults in people. That's a sign of spiritual maturity. Wanting to foster more metta, more loving kindness, more compassion. That's spiritual maturity. Being able to stand in somebody else's shoes and understand. We don't have all the information, but even if we're trying to stand in their shoes, we know it's difficult. So whether you're a child you know, looking at your parents. Remember the good things in order not to make them into enemies. And same with parents looking at children. You know, we don't want to make them into our enemies. We want to help them. And same with our partners. We have to make sure that kindness, gentleness is there at home. The world is hard enough, you know, going out and toiling in the world, whether you're working from home at the moment or physically going out. It's very precarious and so when you come home, it's okay to put all those things down and be gentle with each other. And during this time period, even more so, you know, sign of metta is actually to be gentle, polite, these basic things. And so when we look at mental stains, mental defilements, we know that anger can escalate. One of the links is it escalates to hostility. Name calling, grudging. Grudging really happens when we join up those dots of the past to the present. And so name calling feels quite justified even if we say it in our minds. Saying it out loud, of course, is more apparent, but sometimes in our minds we name call. We think, oh, so frustrating. This person is so stupid. I hate them. And at the moment of crisis, at the moment of altercation, it does feel like that. 
But that's when you need to remember goodness. Remember to break that sense of permanency. Don't allow it to go to hostility if you can help it. Give the person the benefit of the doubt. Deeply look at times where they have helped, have been better, haven't been under the pump themselves. Quite often we don't see when someone is sick, someone is aging, someone has physical difficulties, someone has financial suffering, someone has the stress of trying to hold things together. And so when they show that at home, we don't understand all those things, but all we see is the anger. All we see is the bad behavior. And so when we get angry with them, we have to be quite careful. The people that we live with aren't supposed to be our enemies, particularly if it's a family. But karma can ripen during this time to make it quite challenging. If you're stuck at home, then karma can only ripen through our family members or the people that we live with. And it's important to bear with some of these conditions. The easy route is actually to breed these mental stains and make it worse. But remember, Buddha says, you overcome anger with non-anger. One of the things that is very clear, it only takes one person to have a healthy mind to have a calm mind, to be working to not breed defilements in the mind. That one person helps the rest of the household. It's a very important thing. And we can be that one person. So if we overcome anger, then it doesn't lead to hostility, it doesn't lead to divisiveness. Divisiveness is something that really is apparent during this time period. When you pick sides in the household, particularly when you either get people onto your side to justify your anger, looking for support during arguments, or whether you side with somebody who is having an argument in the house. This is the signs of divisiveness and then it becomes out in divisive speech and harsh speech, maybe even physical altercation. And so it's very important not to be party to divisiveness, to actually see it for what it is, that you're either rounding up support or you're supporting someone who is in anger and getting angry yourself. So you want to dispel that. It's a very unwholesome thing. It leads to much, much worse. And also see that when you take sides, you're breeding stinginess. You have stinginess towards one's own view about the situation. And you also have stinginess around who you're picking sides with. So kulamacharya, you know, you pick your clan, you pick your side of the argument. And you don't really want to reinforce that. 
And of course, it leads to deception or fraud, sata, where we start telling those lies, exaggerating, assigning permanency, and being harmful, hurtful, unfair. And so when you see it like that, you see the Buddha's teaching like that, how precise it can be, then that's also a way of uprooting it, wanting to give it up, seeing the truth and wanting to give it up. When you start to practice this way of meditation, initially it's difficult. Sometimes it's easier to do it eyes open first and then do it eyes closed. But when you get proficient at it, it's really good because it helps to purify the mind. It helps to make these situations we find ourselves in right now in the world a lot easier to deal with and our homes don't have to be war zones where we fight and argue and bicker maybe worse get into physical fights and things like that we we really want to diffuse this time and it's true we can't correct other people's behavior we can't necessarily correct their way of thinking but we need to take responsibility for our own and by doing so it's like a beacon that is emitting signals in the home wholesome signals signals that know the distinction between kusala and akusala wholesome and unwholesome skillful and unskillful And there is also a part that is okay with some collisions at home. You know, some unsmoothness. You can't have harmony all the time. But you apply Buddha's medicine in order to dispel it as quickly as possible. Don't let it fester. Don't let it escalate. So what do you notice about the mind when you actually deconstruct anger, when you lessen it or remove it? The mind feels more easeful. 
He feels like a weight has been lifted off. He can feel a little foolish. And maybe also it can feel shameful. And if you have right view, then you also see that there's a healthy fear of wrongdoing that, as we know, Buddha says these defilements and then what it leads on to, you know, wrong speech, wrong action, they have consequences. And so we don't want to be the heir of bad consequences. And so when you're prepared to let it go using this insight, using wisdom in order to do so, because you see it, you see how you've pulled together the justification of anger and now you know how to pull it apart to pick the holes in it. Then the weight is lifted off. It feels more healthy, one's attitude towards those people you live with. And there's a sense of rejoicing, like, oh, it's like a sip of cool water, a bit more brightness coming into the mind, a bit of warmth, an openness towards the people that we've been bearing grudges towards, feeling very closed to before but now having a sense of openness a sense of kindness and fundamentally where does that kindness really come from well beyond all the deconstructing that we're doing you know this is a gentle reminder we are all brothers and sisters in birth old age sickness and death what we're facing each and every day is really this. And so in the meditation, allow the mind to relax after you're know, doing all the hard work. Allow the mind to be happy, naturally happy naturally purified this is the mind that is free of anger free of resentment it's very different from the mind that we started with So I'll end the meditation here. We can share the merit with all sentient beings. May all beings be happy and well. May all beings be free from anger and resentment.
free from suffering. Blessings of the Triple Gem. Wishing you all well. Teruan Saranai.